from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt is where you're listening. You're watching on Facebook Live on facebook.com backslash livenowdt, as well as on youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt, all inside of the Cafe Kubal studios. Make your way out to Cafe Kubal at any one of their locations. You can go and check them out at 3501 James Street, 324 West Water Street, 208 North Townsend Street, 401 South Salina Street, all in Syracuse, and their newest location at 343 Fayette Street in Manlius, New York. With that being stated, inside of MonPazPopcorn.com is what's popping. Tourney time talk happening all throughout today's show. Andre Hawkins, Eric Sandford, Hal Cohen, all been on the show, and we will round out the show with Mr. Jim Lee. Jim, I told you off the air that Hal said the best number 10 went first. What's your rebuttal? Well, it's nice of him to think of me that way. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Jim Lee here with us this morning. We were talking about it off the air, and I want to make sure we got it on the air, how the NC State game, and as well as Syracuse played, this is going to be a totally different game. Your analysis that we had started to discuss was great, and I want to share that. So, you know, bring me into what we were talking about and share with everybody here how what we saw versus NC State is obviously going to be very different with a very fundamentally sound. Not that NC State doesn't have talent or not that their head coach Kevin Keats isn't doing good things, but you were giving a great analysis, and I want to share that. Well, no, it's a, uh, you know, first, first of all, Syracuse moved the ball very well yesterday. And, um, it just seemed like uh, a lot of times, which Virginia and their man-to-man defense is so much uh, better than NC State's and taking nothing against away from NC State. But um, I can tell you today, they won't have that little guy from uh, Virginia who won't be covering Buddy Bayheim. Um, they'll probably have one of those six five six six guys glued to him. And one thing I've noticed, uh, which had happened a number of times yesterday and even the game before, that when Syracuse is on offense and a shot goes up, some of these guys that are covering, covering Buddy, they're just going to the glass and not worrying about boxing them out. But then when Syracuse gets the rebound, they just turn and look for him. He's very good at getting open. And now all of a sudden, he's already created space because the defender has gone to the boards, and you cannot leave him open. And I, I don't think that Virginia will do that. And I did notice yesterday, as soon as they brought that uh, – Who's the who's the guard from with the beard from uh, that came off the bench for NC State? Starts with a B, I think his last name. Yeah, um, let's. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was I was shifting to to Virginia. So no, you're okay. No, no worries about that whatsoever. But well, whenever he came in the game yesterday, the very first time he goes, uh, you know, he he's only like six one, and Bayheim just took him right into the uh, foul lane, and uh, he gets a turnaround jumper. I mean that's a big deal. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about Beverly, right? Beverly. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the kid's name. Yes, and and I just don't know why they even have him on him at any point during the game. But I'm not the coach of NC State. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that that was the thing too. 
And my apologies on, on not getting to that right away, but you know, Beverly, Jim Beheim, or pardon me, Jim Beheim, Buddy Beheim has like a, a half a foot above Braxton Beverly. And when they played inside of the dome, it was the same type of thing. It was like, okay, well, Beverly's six foot. You got Buddy out here like six six, doing his thing, doing what he wants to do. He can turn around and face him and go over him. And so, of course, Buddy's going to take advantage of it. And that shows that, you know, Buddy's obviously has the wherewithal and the, you know, basketball IQ to say, hey, you put this guy on me, I'm going to be able to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to take him where I want to take him. But now the real test is, and what I think you're getting at, Jim, is can Buddy do that when a guy's facing up with him eye to eye? And that's what it's going to be today. You're not going to have the benefit of having six inches on somebody. You're going to have somebody facing you up, looking right at you like a mirror, and Buddy's going to have to work his shot in and play inside and get after the basket. And that, I mean, the first shot made by Syracuse in this game against NC State was Buddy inside. And it was a great turnaround and off the glass, and he got it in. But now you have to do that against someone who is going to be giving you that height right back to you. The advantage is gone, and you have to find a way to still play your game. I think this is what takes the pretty good players from the, you know, all, you know, could be great players is the transition of, well, I know that I can do this, that, and the other because I got the advantage, as opposed to now I just got a raw talent eye to eye beat this guy. This, you know, if Buddy can put up 20 in this game, that's really going to say something about him. Yeah, you just got to, you know, he just has to probably play the game a little differently, keep moving on the outside, utilize some screens and get some open. Because it only takes him a, a split second to get a jump shot open. Even if it's eye to eye, he only needs a split second. And it just, it, I just know that Virginia, the way they play defense, they're just a little more aware of him for 40 minutes of the game where, you know, yesterday they weren't aware of him. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that, I want to stay with Buddy for a second because, you know, you wrote the book 15 Feet for Free and, you know, you know how important it is, the mechanics of a shot and just what you need to do to, you know, truly take care of what you can control in the game. When you watch Buddy play, what are your thoughts on his overall ability, not just his three-point shot? Because when it comes to him, when it comes to Jerry, when it comes to, you know, Trevor Cooney, people get so fixated, Preston Shumpert on the three. Andy Routens, they, they just focus on that, but there's more to the games of each of these players. What's your overall takeaway of Buddy and his mechanics first? And then secondly, how much are you done with, maybe you were done before it even started because I was, the notion that Buddy's only on the court because his dad is the coach, which I can honestly tell you is probably one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Knowing the fact that without Buddy Bayheim, I don't, I don't know. As I said earlier in the show, I don't know if this team wins eight games this year. So, what are your thoughts on his mechanics and his overall game? And then, secondly, the thoughts on on the notion that anywhere else he wouldn't be on the court. No, I mean, he he has great form, and uh, you can tell he works at it. And that's uh, you know, anybody that says he doesn't have good form is crazy. And he is smart enough. He like we talked earlier when he because basketball really is when you create advantages is a game of matchups. And he knows right off the bat when all of a sudden somebody being a six six a guard and, and he's got somebody smaller, he's going to get a good shot. 
that's you know anytime within 15 feet which and he's he knows that and the, when he's on the court you know it, it does it opens up things for the other four players because you cannot you know normally uh, you know you've got to help out somebody uh, let's say a Garrier or a, a Griffin gets a beat on somebody if uh, Bayhams man is the next person over you're supposed to your your job is to help out but in that situation sometimes it's more important to stick with Bayheim. And if that's the case, now all of a sudden it opens things up a little more for the other four players because they don't have to worry about help defenses as much when Buddy's in the area. And um, I think it's very evident that, you know, whoever says that uh, he shouldn't be playing because his dad's the coach. I mean, he's earned, he's earned it. And without him, that you're right, they probably wouldn't be where they're at because... Even when he's not scoring, he is out there and he is opening up and creating space for his four teammates because, and it's the same with even Gerard, with the two of them are in there together, you've got to stay on those two because if they're open, they're going to make jump shots. Yeah. So that just makes it easier for the other three guys just to get over there. You know, they can all go to the basket and, um, yeah, it's, uh, he's a very good player and I didn't realize, uh, I just read the article in the paper today that he wasn't even on any of the, uh, you know, the, the ACC teams, first, second, third, or honorable mention. But then I did read that uh, because somebody at SU didn't nominate him, and I know that feeling all too well. <laughs> I remember, yeah, you know, my senior year when, when, when all of a sudden Rudy was going to all these all-star games after the NCAA tournament. And finally, I went to Coach Stegos Jim. My coach goes, how come, how come I didn't get it? He goes, I played as good as anybody in the country. He goes, uh, Jimmy goes, our SID never nominated you for anything. It's like, well, I thought, what do you have to be nominated? Shouldn't it be on how you play? Yeah. So I know all too well, you know, the poor guy, you know, because he should be. If, and he's he's a sixth leading scorer in the ACC. Yeah. And teams do key on him. So, I don't know. That's uh, I know there's a lot of politics involved in that stuff too. So, yeah, I believe yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and that's and that's that's just stupidity. I mean, to be honest, that's just stupidity. For when it came to you, when it comes to Buddy, it's just. I mean, it's. I mean, if you don't know your own team, what are you doing in your job? So, I mean, it's it's. Buddy has more than shown himself. He got recruited to Gonzaga. I brought this up before. And Mark Few. And when Mark Few sees something in you, you know, I give credit to Jim Beheim for what he's done over the years. And I also give credit to coaches around the country, the Tom Izzo's, the Mark Few's, the Coach K's, the Roy Williams. There's a lot of guys that know what they see. And, you know, the Dean Smiths of the world. And, you know, they, they know what's out there. And Mark Few's one of those guys where I thought to myself, okay, so if Buddy got recruited to Gonzaga and Bayheim wasn't coaching at Syracuse and Buddy didn't grow up around the program his whole life, then it would make sense for him to go out to Gonzaga, arguably. And I think he would have been successful out there. I mean, yeah, his games would have been at one o'clock in the morning over here, but Gonzaga would have developed him too. And so, you know, I think that there's a lot to be said about what he's doing. And, you know, we don't talk about this enough, so I want to kind of throw this at you, Jim, but Adrian Autry, Alan Griffin, Jerry McNamara, it's not all Jim Beheim. They are teaching these players and growing these players as well. Adrian told me years ago that his every intent is to be a head coach. 
And, you know, Jerry, what he's done with Buddy Bayheim. Uh, Allen had success at Dayton before he came over here. What are your thoughts on Syracuse's current coaching staff? No, I think it's a, I think it's a perfect setup because you got all SU guys, and uh, you know I think that you got you got to understand the school, and that's why Bayheim's been here for so long, and uh, the other guys. Uh, I mean, he's got three good guys. I mean, I I know them all, and I consider them all my friends, and I, I like them. They're just real good people. And, um, you know, a lot of it, like a lot of these guys chase the big money in other places and bigger schools, but cities, but Syracuse is like the cost of living here is great. And so you don't need as much as far as the top dollar to be here. And that's when people see a big number, but then all of a sudden they'll go to a bigger city and where the cost of living is a lot higher. And when you net it all out, it comes about the same as it is here. So it's, it's all relative, but yeah, those three guys, they've done a great job. And, uh, you mentioned Mark Pugh. I, I never saw Buddy play in high school. Yeah. But I do know when, when Mark Pugh offered him a scholarship, I remember talking to my brother and said, he's got to be good if Mark Pugh went after him. And if you notice, like, Coach Bayham was kind of, he wasn't offering him a scholarship yet enough, but as soon as Mark Pugh offered him a scholarship, I think it was like within a week, Syracuse offered him a scholarship. Yeah. And, I think I think Beheim knew this because he always downplayed his son. So I think I think he did it for a reason, knowing that you know he didn't want many people coming after him. But when Mark Few offered him the scholarship, I think that's when all of a sudden Bam said, "All right, I've got to I've got to get my son right now." <laughs> well, yeah, and I, and I think the thing too is you know let let Buddy show himself. You know, I mean, if if he gets an offer from Syracuse, then the mentality could be, okay, well, you know, this is where he's going, and why even recruit him? I think. I think in a way, and, and I don't mean to speak for Jim, from my point of view as an analysis of it, I would think if I was Buddy's dad, I would want Buddy to have the experience to prove it himself, to pave his own way. And so if he gets these offers without me offering him, then it shows, okay, that's really based on his merit. He didn't get it from me. He's an, he's He's having his own road because he deserves to have it. He doesn't need to live in my shadow. He needs to be himself. And I think that what people should have realized that have any type of intelligence in this world, and I don't mean to be mean about it, I just think there's a lot of people that have a lot of opinions, and as Roosevelt Bowie said yesterday, opinions are like buttholes, we all have them, but you don't go around showing them to everybody. So, I would say, if you watch Buddy right now, and you just forget his last name, he's one of the best shooters Syracuse has ever had. And... He's one of, I mean, he's got, he didn't get a thousand points in his career. He got a thousand points in three seasons, not even three full seasons. So, you know, I, I think what Buddy does is he passes my, you want to talk about the eye test. When I watch him play, he attacks the basket. He goes after it, He plays inside and outside. He doesn't just rely on his three point shot. He will go in. He'll, he'll fight in the paint. He'll do things in transition. There are different things that he brings to the game besides just his three-point shot, which is what I look to when someone's a good three-point shooter is do they do more. And then beyond that, I just look at his overall game and say to myself, if he wasn't Jim's son, would I still think that he's worthy of being out on the court as one of the five guys? And the answer is yes. So looking at Buddy strictly as Buddy on the talent he is, again, if I was his father, I would have let him go through his recruitment, seen what offers he got, 
know that he'll probably come to me and play here, but let him have his life. And if that's what Jim did, then I commend Jim for that because, you know, your children deserve the opportunity to pave their own way and never live in your shadow. And I think Buddy's offer from Gonzaga, that's all I needed to hear. When I heard that, it was like, okay, well, obviously if Mark Few and Jim Beheim think that there's something here, then I, I'm good with it. And and I, if Jim did it that way, then I can appreciate that. It's a good analogy. So that coming here from Jim Lee. Jim, before I let you go, looking at this year's team, who sticks out to you the most as the catalyst? Is I know we talked about Buddy, but besides Buddy, is is it is it Marek in your opinion? I mean, is this you know the the outright leader? If you were on the team right now, who would you be looking to? essentially, for leadership, in your opinion? If you were a true freshman, you just came onto the team, who on this team are you looking to right now for some vision on where to go from here? I've always been a fan of Marek Dolajes. I mean, I just love the way he plays. And I know I read where when he was playing for his uh, junior team in uh, Slovakia, he was a point guard, and you can tell how he handles the ball. Um it's just too bad that the kid couldn't have played. I mean, he's probably played the center position more than he's played the forward position. It, it would, it, it's too bad, but he'll do whatever is asked of him. And he's always, well, him, I, I, he's always smiling. And um, just like Bayheim. And uh, you can tell, like, the kids all really like each other. I, you can tell that. And, um, but I, I really liked him and the, it would have been nice if he could have played the like the forward position for four years because he he does get beat up a lot. There's a, there's a big size advantage on some of these teams, which he's got to clog up the middle and you know he he gets beat up a lot. But I mean I love the way that kid plays and uh, I, overall I I mean they've got a they've got a they've got a really good team I think it's just that they've been a little inconsistent at times yeah and that's. You know, and I think the ACC is probably a little better than people are giving them credit for this year. I mean, I've been what like Duke and Carolina are both playing a lot better than they were earlier in the year, and um, I think Georgia Tech's a sleeper. I mean, and I mean Duke kind of manhandled Louisville last night, and uh, yeah. But I, I, you know, as far as like, you know, I think I think all of them look to each other. And I get, but if you ask me, I, I do love the way that Dole J plays and uh, never says a word, just comes to play. And uh, so he is one of my, I just, I just enjoy the way he plays. And I would have liked, you know, I like playing with kids like that. Not that I can run around or like, can't even walk half the time, but. <laughs> well, I think if I put you on a free throw line, you'd make a few of them, Jim. I think I, I'm pretty comfortable with that. <laughs> you never know. I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I I I think you're all right. I don't think you I don't think you lose that. You know, you just got to grease the wheel a little bit. But once that wheel is greased, you know, I think you're out there doing your thing. That coming from Jim Lee here in our community of Central and Upstate New York, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum. Jim, I always love your thoughts. I always love everything you have. I know you got some stuff going on this morning. You got to get ready for. So I will bid you adieu for now. But I would love to have you back. Uh, during this tournament time. I love your analysis and just, I mean, the way that you know this game, I respect it and I appreciate it. So I know that you're a humble guy and I know that you might laugh it off, but I, I want you to know, truly, I don't say things I don't mean. And 
when it comes to you, I really do have a great respect for you and, you know, what you've done on and off the court. You're one of the people that's, you know, allowed me, you know, to your house to sit and just talk. And those things mean a lot to me. So I need to return that favor. And, you know, in the meantime, I just want to say thank you for what you bring to the game, even after playing the game and the the amount of respect that I have for that. Well, thank you very much. And it's a pleasure being on, Dan. All right. Well, I'll look forward to talking with you soon. All right, let's hope, you're, let's hope we're talking again in Syracuse is in it tomorrow. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> Take All care, right. Jim. Take care. Thanks. See you.